Yeah, do I like my own voice? <laughs> well, that's on, we recorded that now, Chris. So that's definitely a cliff going on LinkedIn. Like <laughs> you like your own voice, yeah. <laughs> Chris, you can't just repeat everything I say. I was asking for you a favour, you just repeated back everything I've told you. You gave the typical answer now. It's like in a plane crash, <laughs> remain calm. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. And breathe. I haven't been in a plane crash. No, nor do I. I, I, don't, I can't imagine staying calm in a plane crash. <laughs> Welcome to On Point, Bearing Point's project manager podcast. In this podcast, we will pick the brains of experienced project managers to learn from their journeys and be entertained by their stories. Bearing Point delivers projects in many different sectors, such as banking and insurance, life sciences, telcos, manufacturing and public service, to name a few. So the range of projects will be very broad. I'm interested to hear what are the key lessons to be learned from their experience in delivering projects on time, within budget and with quality. I'd also love to get your feedback and suggestions, so please reach out on our social media channels. We'll leave the info in the show notes, or if you want to find out more, check out our website www.bearingpoint.com. In this podcast, we'll be looking at last-minute changes and scope creep in projects. And on today's podcast, we are joined by Chris Artung and Linda Brock. So Chris is a senior manager in Bearing Point and has more than 20 years experience of project management delivery. Chris, would you like to give us a quick introduction of your experience and maybe something outside of work that drives your passion? Yeah. So, um, yeah, as you say, over 20 years, um, it's quite a long time. If you think back, it's a lot longer than than it seems. Um, Always worked in IT, started out uh, as a developer, Um, worked my way through the ranks, team lead, manager, and eventually ended up in project management. Um, primarily, I've always worked in consultancy. Uh, so I've always had clients. I've always had my, my firm that I work for and my clients that I work for. And I suppose you, you get used to that over the years and it becomes a kind of a way of life. Um, the sectors that I've worked in, public sector, financial sector, retail, um, worked a lot with data, data migrations, business intelligence. So definitely interesting stuff. Um, from a personal life perspective, um, Married with two kids, now the kids are almost grown up, so taking the opportunity to travel a lot. Uh, recently been going to Greece over the last few years, trying to f- see different areas of Greece, great country. I think as well, um, I'd like to see more of Europe, specifically uh, Eastern Europe, which I never got a chance to see before. Um, also from a, a just day-to-day perspective, um, I like to cycle, not professionally or competitively, but just around town, into work, out of work. And I listen to podcasts while I'm doing that, so I find that very relaxing. Great stuff, good stuff. Uh, also with us is Linda Brock. Uh, Linda is a manager in Bearing Point and has over 15 years experience in delivering projects all over Europe. So perhaps Linda, uh, would you like to give us a quick introduction of your experience and maybe something outside of work that drives your passion? Sure, thank you Kieran. So my name is Linda. Um, I joined Bearing Point Ireland two years ago. Um, and as a matter of fact, I used to work for Bearing Point Germany, the, the Berlin practice um, a few years ago as well. Um, I started off in project management around about 15 years ago um, as a QA analyst, um, so as a tester. Um, actually for a SAP implementation in a big German bank. And then I kind of made my way up to become a project manager. Um, 
I joined the Dublin practice um, two years ago, mainly because I fell in love with Ireland. I'm an outdoor person. I love to hike. I have a dog. I'm not married. I have no kids, but I have a dog <laughs> that I'm absolutely besotted with. Um, so I usually spend my weekends with my dog and go out um, for a walk to the beaches or to the, to the woods. Um, and in bearing point over the last two years, um, I mainly did projects um, in um, the public service sector, uh, telecommunications, utilities, um, for a very broad range of different topics, um, mainly software implementation, but also some regulatory driven changes. Um, and uh, I absolutely love my job. Great. So plenty of experience between the two of you. So I'm really looking forward to, to hearing your answers to some of these questions. And we're dealing with the last minute changes and scope creep. So my first question, and either of you can, can take this one. Um, can you give me a story of when you thought you had everything under control on a project and then something happened that nearly derailed the whole project, nearly sent it off? Is there anything that comes to mind? Will I take this? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I suppose there's, there's obviously more than one. Um, I mean, things things happen. It's the nature of life. Um, so there's been a, a couple of things that I remember over the years from uh, infrastructure not fitting through the door and having to get the door modified at the last minute and various things like that. Um, but one that sticks in mind is a, a project I was working on or managing a couple of years back where um, there was a, an organisation that was hosting an application for another organisation. And this situation had arisen organically over the years. It wasn't really supposed to have happened. The original organization was hosting the application wasn't a hosting organization and didn't really want to be doing it anymore. So this project had been delayed for a while and uh, essentially they needed to get this application out of the hosting organization into the organization that was actually using the application. So I was uh, given the task of managing the project, tricky project, uh, basically um, in itself, but uh, exasperated then by the fact that after having planned it and successfully starting to deliver it and things were going well, the company that was hosting suddenly got bought out by another company and that company essentially changed the goalpost and said this isn't something we're doing anymore we're getting rid of that IT centre in the next few months and the whole timeline changed so we really had to replan then into real critical path mode so it was a situation where you had to uh, go to all the stakeholders and say okay what are we going to do here there's critical business run on this application and it needs to be moved from one organisation to the other we were hoping to move the whole thing we had a whole timeline and cut over worked out but now we're going to have to do it in a reduced time frame so you can imagine it was pretty tricky and how did you fix that did you throw more resources at it did you get all the data out or you know yeah, something did something a give? bit of everything but I mean there's only so much you can do from a resourcing perspective so it was really cutting the scope Right. You know, identifying what was absolutely critical, what business was critical and what needed to be migrated for day one activities. So it was coming up with a new scope, a much reduced scope and uh, ensuring that that was their minimum viable product to get going on day one. And then to agree what needed to be added in after that on multiple phases. So get the data out, get the application running and then try and fix things up as, as we carried on. Very good. Yeah. So, so the key, key learnings from that one, I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think the key learning would be um, risk and dependency. So you've got your raid log, but you know it became very valuable in a situation like that where you understand what the dependencies are, especially around data and what needed critically to get out of the one organisation into the other organisation. Um, so yeah, lesson learned was do your raid log <laughs> and do it early yeah. and do it as completely as possible. Don't put it on the long finger. Very good. And what about you, Linda? Have you any um, similar stories? 
Yes. Um, so I, I have multiple stories um, from over the past years. One that um, st sticks with me is um, I used to work on a project um, with a telecommunications provider. Um, and that project was about um, rolling out a new piece of software in the shops across the country. Um, and that software was responsible for selling new devices, mobile devices, accessories to your mobile devices, but also plants. And um, that project was split up into different releases. And uh, the, the bigger release um, was the one that first went live. Um, and like uh, shortly before go live and uh, towards the end of the user acceptance testing, um, we came across that apparently we're overcharging customers. And in a telecommunications environment that's highly regulated, overcharging is a mm -hmm. big, big problem. Um, so as soon as this issue became apparent, um, lots of senior stakeholders jumped onto the train. Um, and I'd say it was a bit of a headless chicken situation because everyone was running around um, was very nervous that we're not going to go live um, at that anticipated date. Um, and the situation was that if someone calls from that country uh, where the software was rolled out to, rolled out into to a country um, in, in Africa, Ivory Coast actually, that we're overcharging the customer um, with 0.01 pence. Um, so that was the situation. Um, first of all, we had to understand, is that something that we've required like that? Is that an, a problem in the development? Is that an integration topic? Does it come from the billing systems? So lots of um, um, very agitated stakeholders. Um, in the end, we found out that basically um, it's a very small amount of customers that actually phone someone mm -hmm. in Ivory Coast per month uh, and that we just talked about a couple of hundred euros overcharging per month. So it was not as big of an issue as we initially thought. Um, and one of my key learnings from that experience was people tend to become more excited when it goes towards go live because you are really passionate. You want to kind of birth the child and get it through the door. Mm -hmm. um, so if something comes up that doesn't work out as planned, emotions are running high um, and one of the key learnings for me was even in those kind of situations the first thing is you have to remain calm and um, you have to understand what's the problem not jump on the wagon of also being agitated which then we did uh, so we first of all gathered all of the relevant stakeholders into a room try to assess what is the problem where does it come from to then actually finding out it's just a couple of hundred euros per month and then eventually it got fixed and it had no implication on the go life date um, so that was very interesting I'm sure I can imagine the pressure as you're get counting down to go live date and, and something like that and fingers start pointing and mm. people start getting uh, getting upset so your key advice anyway is stay calm ide Absolutely. identify the problem and yeah. then come up with a plan remain to calm it. it's like in a plane crash <laughs> remain calm yeah, don't talk about it. And breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't been in a plane crash. No, nor do I. I, don't, I can't imagine staying calm in a plane crash. <laughs> Okay, so the podcast, we're, we're coming near the end of it, but we would our listeners would love to hear a bit more about the people behind the project managers in, in Bearing Point. So I have a few quick questions for you and we'll, we'll see how you get on with these. So um, we'll start with you, Chris. What's your favourite way to unwind? My favourite? Way to unwind or to relax when you're finished. <laughs> Probably pretty boring. Uh, 
watching TV. <laughs> Ah, Chris, I was looking for an ad, cycling or swim, surfing, something. Make it I up, did. man. Okay, Make it up. I, I used to do a lot of swimming. Yeah, got out of practice, trying to get back into that. Is a lot of this is is um, you know as you get older, just getting the motivation to get up and do stuff and get out there, go to the gym, do your swimming. Not as good as I used to be, but that actually swimming is a great one. Yeah. Swimming is a great one. And Linda? Um, well, I mentioned it before. I'm besotted with my dog and I'm an outdoor person. So I usually go out hiking on the weekends, which pretty much calms me down. Uh, and then I also play volleyball. Um, so that is really something where I can let off steam. Um, so that's how I kind of calm down from work. And did you bring your dog, would you, from Germany or did you get it here? I did. When he was four months old and he had to go in the cargo, which was uh, probably for me the most tense flight ever. So do you speak to him in German? Or I do, English? but he also understands sign language because um, every now and then I have to drop him off at a doggy daycare and they I can't expect the people to speak German. So I taught him sign language so they know when they lift their index finger, he knows he has to sit down. Very good, very good, very interesting. Um, and your favourite night out, Chris, is it a, a pub, is it a movie, is it a theatre? Is it a, a night in maybe? Traditionally probably the pub. Uh, movies as well, yeah. Cinema, like that. Meals, obviously, is a good thing. Chris, you can't just repeat everything I say. I was asking for your favourite, you just repeated back everything Jeez. I've told you. You gave the typical well, answer, and I'm yeah, a bit yeah. of a, a, a you know, vanilla person. Okay. Very good. And Linda? Um, I'm a huge fan of electronic music. That's probably because I'm from Berlin. Um, so, um, yeah, my favourite night out is uh, probably going to the club and listen to a DJ and just dancing off. Very good. We had Anna Byrne earlier on on another podcast and she was saying she liked dancing as well. So mm. we'll see yourself so and Anna on the dance up. floor. Yeah, I think that'll be, yeah, that'll be a good one. Uh, Paul Allen said karaoke actually was his uh, his, his favourite thing. Yeah. yeah, maybe Chris yourself and then we'll do a, a duet or something. <laughs> um, okay, so um, we're just coming out of time here. So um, I'd like to thank our guests, uh, Chris and Linda, very much for, um, and also to you, our listener, for listening to it. Um, our next episode will be released soon and we'll focus on uh, more areas of project management. Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to learn more about Bearing Point's capabilities in this area, check out our website, www.bearingpoint.com. And remember that we'd love to get your feedback. So if there's any topic in particular that you'd like to be discussed, you can reach us on email, on LinkedIn, Twitter or X or Instagram using the Bearing Point underscore IE handle. Um, all those links will be in the notes accompanying this podcast. Finally, thanks to the podcast studio here in D2 for all their help in recording this series. You've been listening to On Point, Bearing Point's project manager podcast. <laughs> <laughs>